welcome, welcome, welcome back to the next episode of Stoop Stories. And we, we want to offer just, you know, a short apology for not being on the past couple weeks. It's been really, really busy here at Southwind HQ. Lots of mergers and acquisitions happening. Lots yes. of movement in the business. Yes. Stoop Stories, not to be confused with Scoop Stories. That's right. I don't know if you've seen our, our friends Jeff and Jason on. Yeah, so technically we did have an episode. We did. Yeah. Scoop, it was, wasn't nearly stories. as good as the normal stuff is, but you know. It. No, but they did, they did well. So, uh, Turk, Jeff, we appreciate you guys filling in for us. All right, so today the topic of conversation is evolution. Mm. So in the tagline, Nate, if you will, put evolve well. Because at the end of the day, action is commonplace, but right action is not. Mm. And people are evolving. No matter what you do, you're evolving, but you're not necessarily evolving well. So we want to make sure we unpack that and consider what it takes to evolve well. So Josh, I have a couple of questions for you. Sure. In the past three years, has Southwind evolved? And if so, how? Uh, the past three years, Southwind has evolved a lot. I mean, we've added from, from a sheer just size of business the business has accelerated growth from 20 million dollars to 60 million dollars and so what that's taken is us to expand what we believe is true about business add departments be more organized track the score lead and coach differently uh, create innovate new ways of doing business so lots of evolution all right, so I guess it would be safe to say that you've also evolved. Absolutely. Uh, Tyler has evolved. Yes, he has. How have you and Tyler evolved in those three years? Um, you know, when I think about, I'll speak for Tyler first and foremost. Tyler has a lot, there's a lot more businesses to track. Acting as the financial brain in our business, looking at how we analyze debt, how we analyze our profit and loss, what, what do we what are we looking for when we're create when we're doing an acquisition? Um, what businesses are worth to buy and coming up with a process? How do we write the best business plan to help us get to where we want to go? I think that just making creating more process allows him to do more work and you know evolve. Um, from from me pers my perspective and how I would look at my specific role, you know. It's mostly about how we create an environment that things can best grow, and most of that really comes down with creating structure and creating, um, you know, an organization that's fluid, that can change and move rapidly, but is also built on core values and a mission, a central mission that we all work towards. And I think before we were three years ago, we were just coming to work and working really hard every single day. Um, you know, you, you fast forward to where we are now and everything has purpose and the purpose creates the actions. And uh, as before, it was just the actions were the actions and we did as many actions as we possibly could with as little amount of purpose as there possibly could be um, or structure. The structures allowed us to grow faster and be better at what we do. There you go. So the Tyler and me says that winners track shit mm -hmm. and it's by that tracking or that scorecard that we can consider whether or not we've evolved well. And I think going 20 M to 60 M 70, actually, that we'll, cause we'll round up mm -hmm. from 66. So 20 M to 70 M that indicates 
and solidifies it. You, we're evolving well in this company. Yeah. So we're going to unpack what it takes to evolve well here on this episode of Stoop Stories. And the first element of that is being open-minded. And this is what allows you and Tyler to exist in this idea, meritocratic environment, culture, idea, so that we can evolve well. You guys are open-minded. I've seen you guys damn near come to blows, and then you took a look at each other and you said, okay, who's the content matter expert in this specific area of the business that we're discussing right now since we don't necessarily have alignment, and then you go with that person's believable experience and expertise, okay? And you can't do that without being open-minded. So, Josh, I want to – well, actually, I'm going to – we'll go back and forth. Here's one of the ways that I, because I analyze you frequently, mm -hmm. okay, all the time. I'm always making sure you're the right leader to follow, okay, because you, everyone, you are where you are because someone led you there. And if you refuse to be open-minded, you will only deceive yourself. That's one of my favorite quotes in the, in the world, if you'll allow me to give a quote here. It says, if you believe you are something you are not, you have only deceived yourself. So I'm constantly evaluating things and I know that it's only safe to follow open-minded people because open-minded people, they believe believable parties. Mm -hmm. One of the ways I know you're open-minded is that you read a lot of books. Yes. And one of the ways I know what book I should read next is guess what I do? <laughs> you ask me what I'm reading. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then I steal it. Yeah. And you say, oh, you read that by Iger. And then I go to Amazon and I buy the book on hard copy and on Audible. Mm -hmm. And I read it in both languages. I, I have it read to me on Audible and I read it hard copy. Okay. That's one of the ways I know that you're open-minded. Can you share uh, with the listeners here another way or another strategy you execute to ensure you're open-minded? Well, listening first and foremost, and asking questions. I think uh, um, early on as a leader, I, I did a lot of talking. I was the main one talking all the time. Mm. I led every meeting. I wanted to make sure everybody knew what I had to say. And over the past few years, I've tried to really work on listening and hearing what people are saying to me and trying to ask them questions to gain clarity. Sometimes challenging what they're saying to me and other times just gaining more information for myself. Also, I would say, can I give you a second one? Of course. Surrounding myself with people who know more, being uncomfortable in a social setting, putting myself in situations where uh, a, a, middle kid, a middle class kid from Lenexa should never be and trying to adapt and observe and understand uh, why things happen in the way in the world the mm, way they do that's really good you know what you have to have in check in order to do that your ego your ego because your ego wants you to be the man when mm -hmm. you walk into the room oh absolutely the ego wants you to shine but in order for you to be uncomfortable and enter a space that you're gonna have to ask questions because you might not know what something means and that could be humiliating to your ego if you allow it to be mm -hmm. or you could check that ego and gain the information you need thus proving the fact that you're open-minded yeah all right and I would consider, um, you know, well, I, would, I would say that one of our virtues here at Southwind is, is alignment. Yes. And it's impossible to be aligned if you don't have an open mind. Mm -hmm. That rhymes a little bit. <laughs> I like that. Nate, what do you think, man? Should we, can you put a beat behind that yeah. <laughs> right, and just run that back, loop it a little bit? Um, you know, that, that's awesome. Um, what, what are some of the things that your business partner, Tyler, does that indicates he's open-minded? Mm. 
I think, um, you know, some of the things he does that indicates, you know, he listens a lot. You know, he is probably the last person to talk. Mm-hmm. And that's a strong indicator of being open-minded. He does ask clarifying questions, so he gains a better understanding. And he'll say, I don't understand what you're saying. Can you say that again for me? Because he's really trying to understand so he can, you know, get, grasp the concept. Because sometimes it's outside of his normal realm of thought process, especially when we're talking about other areas of the business he doesn't often work in. Um, that's that's why he's always open to new ideas. You know, he's because uh, I gotta always have a lot of ideas. I'll, you know, we'll talk about different ways that we can run the company, different ways that we can. Um, grow sales different ways that we can expand uh, and he's always open to talking about him he wants to talk about him and uh, either challenge the the idea you know I learned <laughs> you know he's very open-minded but he's also very pragmatic and he's he doesn't um, you know there's not a lot of bullshit when when we're talking it's and I learned a long time ago as being, you know, being partners with him as um, if I was going to have an idea, I need to have it, it fully baked. Yes. <laughs> you know, like it had to be a fully baked idea. And in the process of doing that, I got better at creating ideas, better ideas mm-hmm. that were that were real um, and, and could be executed more easily, more simple. Yeah. Because sometimes ideas can be really complicated and complex and really hard to execute. Yeah. You know, I, I could I'll double down on that. Um, and I can understand how it made you better because it's made me a hell of a lot better in approaching Tyler as well so that we can perfectly blend our, ups, our, our subjective beliefs about what's possible with the objective truth and saying, hey, as long as we do this objectively, this is where we land, but this is where we could land. And I agree, Tyler's without a doubt open-minded because he's all about ideas, but he just want to know objectively, what can we expect to happen? <laughs> and I'm going to either be okay with that or I'm not okay with that. And, you know, being a pragmatic thinker is a strong element of being open-minded. Absolutely. You know, because we've got to have a solid foundation that we know won't move. You know, yeah, that's awesome. So I, I heard you say a couple of things, and I want to uh, make sure we unpack that. In your early years of leadership, you were doing all the talking. Yes. And at that point in time, is it safe to say you thought you were epic? Uh, you believed in yourself. You thought you I, were good. I believe, I, you know, I, at that point in my life, it was about me showing everybody it was that, that I was good. Not that I believed that I actually was. Let me show you. Let me show you to make sure that I am, you know? <laughs> sure, sure. So, you know, the quote that I gave is, you know, if you believe you're something you're not, you only deceive yourself. And when you're open-minded, what you actually per- prevent is that self-deception. Okay, because the fact of the matter is, of all the things, and, and, and we'll say this, you know, your enterprise is approaching 100 million. That's you, right. you and Tyler, really, really rapidly. Yes. So apparently, you know a lot. Some things. However, of what there is to know in this world, what percent of what's to be known do you know? Three, two to three percent, I would say. Something two very to three small. percent. Uh, I put myself at point two three percent. Yeah. Nate, where are you at, man? Point one, if that. Uh, if that, okay. So that's why it's important to be open-minded because the fact of the matter is we don't know. That's right. So we have to 
pair our pragmatic way of thinking with an open mind and belief that everything is possible that will allow us to consider we might not be as dope as we think we are. Well, let's let's stop right there. And I always want us to tie any kind of philosophical concept back to real world, like real world, everyday situations <laughs> that help us understand one, are we open-minded ourselves? Because a lot, you know, when you talk to people, everybody always believes they're great. Yes. And if I tell you, I ask you, hey, are you open-minded? Everyone, hell yeah, I'm open-minded. I, you know, I I was supposed to have uh, McDonald's, and I decided I'm going to have Wendy's because my boy wanted it. Yeah. Yeah, so like yes. that's, that proves that I'm open-minded, right? And uh, that's not exactly what we're talking about. So I'll ask LeDrew, who's got the best stories about life, hmm. uh, to give us a story about... One time where he was not open-minded and what it was like, and then another time when he was open-minded. And you can insert a character or two if you like. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to keep it inside of Southwind if that's okay. okay. And yeah, I'm going to be vulnerable great. myself. Great. Um, you know, everyone's lobbying to position themselves to be acknowledged, recognized as effective. And that's an ego. That's an ego piece. So... In my role as the business coach, um, I do know a lot of information. And sometimes I, I would, my approach would be ineffective because I do know a lot of information and I would lack the respect for someone else's perspective when I knew that it wasn't a perspective that would lead them to an efficient outcome, the outcome that they actually wanted. Okay? So not being open-minded would be not considerate of where someone is right now. So give me an example. Um, let's say that I'm on a call with a, with a Southwinder and um, we're not keeping score the way we should be keeping score because the scorecard is the lifeblood of your business. How we measure success, that's the Tyler aspect yep. of, of this company. We have to measure that. We have to know exactly where we're at and we have to know that because if we don't, we don't know how to course correct. However, if someone isn't keeping score effectively, it's not because they don't want to win. It's because there's a deeper underlying issue. So if I would approach something by way of talking scorecards only, it's not respecting where their current state is at. So I should have asked questions versus saying, this is what I believe we need to do next, mm -hmm. which actually is probably the it, but it doesn't it doesn't get across because, man, the ego play is in, is, in, is in the way. Yep. Man, I know something, and what I know is exactly what we need to do, so let's do that. Well, it turns out that's really ineffective because what does it do? It, it considers your ego and what you know more so than, you know, collaborating to get to a desired goal. Yeah, when we talk scorecards here at Southland, we're not talking scoreboard. Like a, sport, like a sporting game, what we're talking about is the key performance indicators, the metrics we track every day, that have been curated specifically for that person's either position or that specific business. And then we use those key performance indicators to let us know if we're either winning or we're losing. Yes. So now I'm more likely to ask questions because I want to seek to understand. What I know is everybody wants to win. So if you want to win, I want to understand, well, what you're currently doing why are you doing that? Why do you believe that equals winning? And then once we unpack that, I'll learn a thing or two. And then maybe we'll come up with an idea that was far more effective than the idea I had going about yeah. um, 
going into a, a specific collaboration it, or call. Instead of asking you for another example, what I'll, what I'd love to switch gears to is talking about believable parties and gaining feedback from people mm. to ensure that you're and doing it in a way that's open-minded so you can actually obtain the knowledge from the believable mm. party. Yeah. And this, and, and just a full disclosure, uh, the believable party or idea meritocracy is not a, it's not unique to Southwind. This is a, you know, it's a, um, it's an idea that's used in Fortune 500 companies, some of the biggest companies in the world, um, as a way to orchestrate best practice. Absolutely. You know, alongside of you, I learned this from another really, really, really good friend of mine. His name's Ray Dalio. <laughs> we connect frequently. Um, well, he doesn't really connect with me, but I connect with him through his book, Principles, which I highly recommend. Um, you know, talk about believable parties. We had addressed that there's a lot to know in the world, Nate, and we don't know very much of it. So what we've got to do is we've got to aggressively seek knowledge and information from those believable parties, uh, which is why reading is so important, which is why collaborating with other, you know, um, high-level people, I mean, that's important. You want to find people that disagree with you so that you can gain some ideas from them, thus proving that you're open-minded and will enhance your abil ability to evolve well. So I'll say this. Yesterday I was on a call with Casey Brown, our new leader in Naples, and talk about believable parties. He understands this concept as a graduate of the Southwind Entrepreneurship class, which I recommend everyone applying for, mm -hmm. new cohort. Uh, starts in January, so uh, apply here come in fourth quarter. However, he asked me, hey, LeDrew, right now, who does the best job at developing operations managers? Man, that's a that's an open-minded individual who is seeking believable parties. Hey, who's the most believable? And point me towards that direction, LeDrew, because I know you know it. He also asked me, hey, who's the best at lead generation? I want to talk to them to find out some ideas of what I can do to continue to grow my business and gain market share in this new territory. You know who I told him on that one? Who's that? If I were you, I'd call Josh. Because <laughs> he's going to tell you 10 things really, really fast, pick the first four things he says, and then do that. Okay? But he seeks out believable parties and say, hey, I want to learn from that person because, man, believable parties, they've done what we're trying to do many times over. You know, the reason why I have read Principles twice and I'm working on my third time. Do you know why I've done that? You love Le Ray Dalio. I do love Ray Dalio. And I hope he loves me back. I'd love to meet him one day and have a conversation with him. But the primary reason is because he's believable. Yeah. He's like 17 billion times believable because that's his net worth. So I know that he has an understanding of how this, this world works in a way that I could gain and uh, benefit from. And he also validates what we're doing here at Southwind, which is why I know that we are world class. And if our leaders, our franchise partners, our general managers, our, our top tier leaders will be a little bit more open minded to the fact that, man, we're wrong often and it's OK to disagree. But we can create alignment by way of being open minded, seeking knowledge and information, asking questions like Casey Brown did. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Matt McKinney has his ego in check. So if you want to learn how to check yours, I'd call him. Yeah. And and lucky me, I get to talk to him uh, very, very frequently. And, I'll, and, and I observe him uh, often. And I learn how to check my ego based off of conversations and my, uh, my ability to observe him live his life. 
yeah. phenomenal guy. I think the really great, well, two awesome people you talked about and great concepts. And I think a lot of times we say this, see this manifest in our lives on the other side where somebody tells you something that you don't like to hear. And our first inclination is to not believe them. Without a doubt. That's bullshit, you'll say. There's no way. He's wrong. She's wrong. I don't, uh, I don't agree with what they say when the person who's accomplished the most in the room gave you feedback. And so there's times in life where you'll, you'll set out on your own and, uh, and then only to be come back to the humble spot of realizing, man, I should have listened when I had the chance. And it, this happens early days when your parents tell you to do something that you refuse to do, like your homework. <laughs> you got to do your homework, LeDrew, and if you don't do it, you're going to get a bad grade. And you say, Psh, man, I don't need to do the homework. I just got to get an A on the test. And you don't do the homework, so you can't get an A on the test because you didn't do the necessary work, and then you failed the class, and then you got to go take it again. And your, and your mom said, told you so. I told you so. That's it. That's it. But, you know, that, that, what I've learned, man, that told you so, it, it – uh, it lacks compassion. <laughs> it lacks compassion because truth be told, the reason why I have so much patience is because I was the knucklehead of all knuckleheads. And you said, I know a lot of people. I do. And, and the, the guy I know the best because what he, what he inspired me to do was buy my own bullshit, which is the cheapest thing in the world to buy. You get an unlimited black card and you can just swipe and buy your own mm -hmm, bullshit. Mm -hmm. And when I look back at who I was 15 years ago and who I've evolved to become, what I recognized about that guy is that he hung out with Les a lot. That guy co-signed his own ignorance, listened to no believable parties. You know, you have to have a co-sign to do anything in this world. And when you need a co-sign, they don't let you co-sign for yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if I need a loan, they say, all right, you need a co-signature, sir. Uh, I got that part covered too. What would they say about that? They'd say, no, sir, I would need somebody else. Yeah. So when I, when Somebody I, else who's more believable. If you're getting a co-signer, that means you haven't done enough work yet in order to sign off on your own. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So, man, you talk about that, that story, man. I was buying my own bullshit, co-signing my own ignorance, and not listening to believable parties, which will lead you down a very, very dangerous road. Yeah, uh, and we talk about open-mindedness and buying your own bullshit. How that, how one affects the other is, if you are not being open-minded and you believe you're always right without have ever having to ever having accomplished anything that you'd like to accomplish, and not learning or trying to gain feedback, and you tell yourself things aren't happening for you because it's Tom, Dick, and Harry that caused it. Yes, <laughs> or there's all these. You know, outside, you know, there's all these outside barriers that are causing you to not achieve what you want to achieve. Really, it always circles back to one singular party, and you get the opportunity to look at that person in the mirror every single morning when you wake up and brush your TV, your teeth. You know, uh, that single person, he's, he or she stares back at you. That's who's always generally at fault. Without uh, a doubt, always. And so when you, when you think about buying your own bullshit and thinking um, – you know, psh, I don't have to listen to that person or, man, what has he done? Mm -hmm. Or how, uh, you know, like, how does he know? Or he's never done this before. Uh, I simply look back at the body of the work and, and you know, a lot of times we're only unwilling to be open-minded if it doesn't fit our narrative. We're always open-minded to shit that we want to have. Hey, man, 
so-and-so says we should drink tonight. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm open-minded to that. Without a doubt. You want tequila or vodka? <laughs> you know what I mean? What we, let's, uh, we can be open-minded to that because it's what we want to accomplish. But generally, it's hardest to be open-minded when it's something that is against what we believe. Yeah, man. Speak about co-signing my own ignorance. When I wasn't open-minded, you know what I always wanted? Some weed and some pizza. <laughs> Sound like a good idea. Open-minded on the type of pizza. That's it, man. But I... Uh, yeah, pepperoni meat lovers. You know, I don't want yeah. no Supreme or nothing like that, though. Little Caesars, yeah. Pizza Hut, oh, hot Papa ready. John's. Hot and it ready, don't matter. Man. That was my lane back in the day, <laughs> right? But if you think you're something you are not, you're only deceiving yourself. Action is commonplace, but right action is not, okay? So perception precedes action, folks. You know what people believe because you can see what they do. Yes. It's important to be open-minded so that you can evolve well. Josh, I appreciate you letting us into your mind again, sure. understanding what it's going to take for us to evolve well. If you're not a Southwinder you want to be, you can apply online at www.wearesouthwind.com because the fact of the matter is, man, the team you're on means a hell of a lot. It does. And if you want to win, you've got to be on a winning team. If you play for the Jets, I'm sorry. It's not <laughs> likely. If you play for the Chiefs, you damn sure have a chance. You can expect to win a Super Bowl. Southwind is a winning team. The reason why we're so much better than a lot of organizations is because we invest in our people. We challenge ourselves to become open-minded. So as our franchise partners are listening to this, as our truck team members are listening, and our newest employees are listening, they're going to get a lot better, okay, because of this concept. We evolve well. We invest in our people, and we are a winning team. So apply if you'd like to apply. If you're listening and you're a truck team member and you'd like to be an entrepreneurship class, as we enter the fourth quarter, we will pump out information for you to be able to apply. Become open-minded like the great leaders that we have placed in areas that are now leading territories the obstacle is the way you have to evolve well by way of being open-minded so let's open our minds people so that we can get off the stoop don't co-sign your own ignorance or buy your own bullshit you know it, hey, it, well, it is the cheapest thing in the world to, to buy. buy yeah yeah maybe next time you'll allow us to see into the bullshit you used to buy there's a lot of it <laughs> all right well, all right. well i'm asking next week all right thanks awesome thanks guys